Driving Double Feature presents 70's Friends of Frankenstein, episode 14. I'm your host, Dan. This is a minute-by-minute podcast, and we're covering 1973's Blackenstein. Uh, oh, pardon me. And Frankenstein 80. Let's dive right in. We're all Frankenstein fans. We're all friends here. Let me see. Um... Where were we? Oh, yeah, it's Blackenstein. Um, Eddie. Oh, so Dr. Stein and Winifred are on their way to see Eddie. Eddie, with no arms or legs, is asking an orderly for some ice cream, and the orderly is giving him shit. Listen to this. The hell? You know, they, they called me for the service, too. I went down there, it's 45 inches, 17 and a quarter, 28 inch waist. I walked down there like this, and, you know, Night before, I you was know, going down for induction. Uh, my gang, they all, they all throw me a party and they gave me, hey, they gave me some great gifts, you know, little shaving things and little portable type of radios and stuff like that. And I said, hey, gang, I love you. Thanks a lot. I really love you. I'm going to be one of those marching soldiers. I get down there and I. And I. I get a reject. They don't take me to. They all take it. and athletics. Just made my heart, gave it a little murmur, so I uh, had, to, had to go back to all these, all these people. <laughs> I said goodbye to the end of the night. I don't know what the hell I'm even telling you this for. Big deal, you lay in there. You, you know, it's my... Yeah, so this minute is just basically this orderly telling uh, Eddie his story. Um, you, you can't tell when you see Eddie's face. Whether he cares or not, his his expression never changes. I think the the expression could be one of, "Hey, look, you think you got it rough? I have no arms and legs. I have to beg you, an absolute ass, for a glass of water or a little bit of ice cream to to stop my throat from being so dry." So you yeah, you think you got it rough? Um, try try this no arms no legs shit. This blows. Um, but. Also, like I said, he keeps the same face, so there's no um, real way of telling what, if any, emotion he has. Uh, and so, so the whole thing is just the, the the angry orderly telling his story. And I mean, to me, I th- I think I think I see I see what it is. So his, I mean, I always forget too that you know he when he when he be, he's he's pissed at Eddie, and then at the end he's pissed at Eddie. But when he's telling the story, he's clearly, he's in another space for a little bit where he's happy. And then when he gets to the end of the story, it's almost, it it almost sneaks up on him that, oh yeah, I'm telling this story. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that story, this story ends like this. Yeah, with me kind of being humiliated. And I mean, I mean, you could sort of... uh, I mean, you could see how he would be humiliated, but I don't know. I don't know what kind of friends those would be, if he went back and said, "Hey, the army wouldn't take me because I've got a heart murmur." I would have. I would have thought his friends would have said, "Okay, well, come on back, my friend. You know, let's. Uh, you know, you still got your job and everything. You know, stuff like that." But um, I guess the humiliation was a bit too rough for him, um, and uh, or maybe maybe there's there's a theory too with the with the verb that he tells the story. I mean, seeing how old he. I mean, he's probably. I mean, he's saying he's in his forties, right? So this is seventy-three. So that maybe twenty years ago, so this was Korean War. Maybe he was going to be called up to f- to fight in the Korean War, 
Um, he would have been hilarious in the MASH unit, may I just say. But so, so he's getting called the, the fight in the Korean War. And maybe, maybe when he gets back at it, since he can't join the army, he becomes an orderly. So at the VA hospital, so he can help. And, um, and maybe when he first starts telling the story 20 years ago, it's not a story of, uh, you know, that ends with, um, anger and, and, um, and resentment and sadness. Maybe it's a story that ends with, hey, because this happened, um, I, I have had a chance to do this and I'm helping in my own way. But somewhere over the 20 years and possibly from everything you saw, um, probably all, all the all the soldiers he saw coming in from Vietnam or stuff, maybe it's just somewhere along the way he, he went from being like, I'm going to help, because clearly if he's an orderly there he, at the VA hospital, he's there to help the, the, the veterans. So being angry that there's an injured veteran in the VA hospital seems odd. So to me, that that's kind of what it is. I think somewhere along the way, may, maybe like, you know, the Korean War ended and there was a stretch of time for maybe 10 years or so, maybe less, where, um, you know, just the the the, um, the uh, veterans you saw come through were just guys fought in World War II, fought in Korea, or something like that. And then Vietnam started, maybe, I mean, maybe, um, maybe he, he, um, he really was against Vietnam and, and seeing these vets just, just, just angered him and there was nothing he could do. And he, so he took it out on them or, or maybe he was really all for Vietnam and, and, um, he didn't like the protests and he didn't like the fact that, you know, we lost. And so that angered him and he took it out on the vets, but there's just something about, I mean, there's just something about the character of the, of the orderly who, let's say has been working, I, I don't know how long he's been working there, but I, I'm saying he's been working there ever since he got rejected from the army. So I'm saying he's been there close to 20 years. And he works with the, the, the vets every day, the injured vets every day. And yeah, for some reason, he, um, of course, there there is always, um, if if I, I hate to say it, but there, there is always the fact that Eddie is black and the orderly is white. So that could be it too. Maybe he just doesn't like. Maybe he's racist. I don't know. That doesn't seem to be his thing. He seems to be actually angry. That, but he, 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 if, if you think about it, he, he, he's not. He, he's not going to be angry, right, about the fact that Eddie fought and now has no arms or legs. He's not, he's not angry or jealous about that fact. So there's there's something else going on there, and I think, um, or he just really hates the job. You know, I don't know, but but there's something, there is something sort of about the um just just the way he is, and how um. You know, you think maybe at one time, he was really there to help, and somewhere along the way something. It's just maybe seeing all the young men injured and all the young men hurt and finding it useless. He, he can't take he can't tell his bosses this because this is his job and he so he ends up taking on the only people he can the injured young men who uh, who um, who who don't aren't really gonna answer back because they got other things on their mind than some crazy guy who who complains all the time so I don't know that's my justifying the the angry orderly um, but um, in the end, it won't really matter any of what I've said, but uh, but I mean that that's the thing. Like like when I look at it, that's sort of what I think. Like, what is the backstory to this guy, and how far does it stretch back? And I would say several decades, a couple of wars, 
and um, yeah, he just, and maybe too, it's just a feeling of helplessness that maybe, maybe he's, you know, he, he really thought he could help make a difference, and he discovers sort of at the end of the day that not really, maybe, I don't know, poor Eddie though, he just wants a little water or ice cream, get the guy some ice cream, why not? Let's go on to Frankenstein 80. When we last left that movie, they had started the heart uh, transplant on the sister of the one guy. And um, there was another really strange-looking guy who took a liver and a one ball from the, um, the guy who died who they took the heart from. The guy with no uh, fingers on, on his one hand there. And when we, the minute ended, we see him... Um, uh, we see him with the, uh, um, pr presumably in formaldehyde, like a liver, and, or they, do they go in formaldehyde? I, I don't know, I have to look that up. Does, does, that, does that keep the organs, or does that, does that keep them, like, alive? Or does that just preserve them? You know, I don't know. But he, he puts them in these two jugs, and, uh, the two jugs, two little, little glass jars, and he's carrying them out. So, so the minute, if if you haven't seen the minute, it's that um, that weird sort of wizened-looking doctor with his two jars of livers and nuts um, leaving the body, and he kind of leaves like like gloves or something on top of it, which would seem seems like that might be a giveaway that someone else has been diddling around because it's only supposed to have a heart out of it, not like the liver out of the side. You'll see the stitches, and one of his balls is gone. And then you see him go down the hallway and into this room, and I, I will be the first to admit that I thought, oh, this looks like someone's basement. And then I thought, oh, it's the morgue. It is the basement. And he goes in this office, and he's got like a hidden room behind, um, not a bookcase, but I guess it's a bookcase with like files and things. And he kind of goes back there, rounds a corner, goes to a fridge, pops the um, liver and the uh, nut into the uh, the fridge, and we see the big bottle of... Dr. Schwartz's um, serum. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's something about that. I mean, obviously, this is our Frankenstein of the title, right? I mean, that's why he's taking the body parts. And it has something to do with that crazy killer guy at the beginning who took the body part. And he has got the serum because the um, yeah, organs are getting rejected from the... I mean, am I... Am I, I, don't think, I don't think I'm talking out of turn by saying that's... You know, that's... We, we don't... We haven't seen him do that, but we've seen enough Frankenstein films to know that... The, the guy harvesting organs from bodies and, and worrying about organ rejection and stuff is probably the one building the monster. 
and but there's something about like taking all of the Schwartz serum that's sort of like you know because the it, do they he does say right this is the only bottle of the Schwartz serum which is which is so weird to me because you think you'd think there'd be a formula for it it's not like he I don't know you know it's it's not like he hit a you know, a, a small vein of Purplesaurus Rex or something while he was out digging in his backyard and he, he saved what he could before it all went away and he made the serum out of it. He, he he must have a formula. He didn't he didn't just come up with a blue liquid that looks like Kool-Aid that, that he's going to um that he's going to use. There there must be something in it that um yeah, there must be something. Something there must be a formula written down somewhere where he can make more of it. I I don't. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's going to go bad in a minute because they need that to help the young lady, and so that will be bad. I'm thinking, but um, you think you'd be able to make more? That just seems strange to me. I mean, it's not like you know, it's not like he came back from from the Amazon with some sort of strange like. You know, this is the this is the the deadly venom of the um you know the Amazon Amazonian cobra and it 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 when injected in the right manner into your pituitary gland it can make you enormous you know or something like that you know this is a liquid that he should be able to recreate uh, again I'm imagining there's a lot of water involved but it is strange to think like this this so this guy here is. He's got a hidden room in his office. He's got a hidden operating room in his office. And there's only one jar of this liquid which will stop tissue and organ rejection in transplant or organ rejection in transplants. And he's presumably making a body out of dead parts and he decides that this formula, this serum it's more important for him to have it and use on this body that he's putting together from the dead parts than it is for actual living people who could survive with it to use. And there's there's something about that that's like, right the, right away you're like, ooh, I can't wait for you to get your comeuppance. And I hope your monster doesn't work either. Ha! So yeah, so the minute ends with the fridge open and, and there's not a lot in the fridge. I mean, I imagine, do, do you... Um, do you refrigerate formaldehyde? I don't know. There's just a, like large brown bottles, containers, and I, I don't really see liquid in, in some of them, but they're there. There's a lot of space in there, too. I was hoping it'd open up and there'd just be all this stuff there, maybe like a sandwich, like a half-eaten ham sandwich. You know, he puts the liver and the nuts next to it, and he's like, mm, sandwich time, yeah. And I hope he closed that door behind him. That that would be, that would be, it's a secret door behind him because you wouldn't want to leave that I mean I, I'm for, from what I've seen I mean it's meant to be the, I think it's like the middle of the night now isn't it there's I think I feel like it I feel like it's late that's why there's no one in the morgue right now so I feel like it's late and, and but still you want to close that door if you got if you got a secret room one of the rules behind having a secret room is whenever you open the door uh, close the door behind you Never leave a secret door, uh, room door, secret room door. Never leave a secret door. Never leave a secret room door open. Always close it behind you. The best part about the minute, though, um, isn't the isn't the nut, isn't the liver, isn't the stolen serum, which does look like yummy Kool Aid of some variety. It is the second shadow. 
Have you have you seen this? I I kept thinking, um, well, because if you if you, so the camera's looking over the the desk is on the left side of the screen, and there's like a a glass case with something against the back wall, and the um the scientist goes to the um the file all the files and he pulls out like a binder and he sets it down and he reaches in to like activate the secret door and then at some point when that's happening be more or less on and beneath the glass case suddenly a new shadow appears and kind of moves around a bit and at first I just thought um well my, my first thought was maybe that's a bright light shining through um that space that he just opened up and um, uh, and so maybe that's what that is. That's why that's why you suddenly see a new shadow because there's a new source of light, and that source of light is coming from behind the bookcase. But then the shadow isn't moving. The the shadow actually looks it looks like someone stepped in front of a light and sort of looks around for a moment, and then kind of tries to back away and doesn't really succeed. That's what it looks like because the the if you if you watch when you first see the shadow match it up to the movement of this crazy doctor's head and they, they don't match the shadow is moving much more and if every time someone removed that one um file and a huge light shone through there you think that would be a dead giveaway you think that would be a dead giveaway i don't know i mean i'll watch it again to see if if maybe Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, exactly what it is, but it, but it really is. Just just watch it because you can see his shadow in the room, and suddenly uh, there's a shadow coming from a completely like different lighting angle. It's like what the hell, and moving not uh, moving in, in a different way than he is. Like what? Um, it's all part of Frank's eighty, baby. I am gonna watch it again when I turn it off and just see. Um, just I just kind of want to watch it again. So what? So that is episode 14 of uh, 70's Friends of Frankenstein. Thank you, everyone, for listening. When we come back next time, more of the orderly getting angry. And um, we'll, we'll probably zoom in on the, on the Schwartz serum. Bet you five bucks we do. Listen to this. Mm-hmm.